Critically Consciousness Transforming Podcast for Exceptional 21st Century Living. Uh, folks, we have a show today that's really different. Um, I do spirit release, but we're going to be talking about spirit marriage. We're going to be speaking with um, Dr. Megan Rose. Her book title is Spirit Marriage intimate relationships with otherworldly beings. Now, this is going to be interesting for everybody involved. So sit back, take some notes. And I want to warn you beforehand, uh, this book is not, the information in this book is not something that you just play with, okay? It's kind of like Kundalini. If you don't know what you're doing, kind of don't go there, okay? Because you're going to invite more issues upon yourself. Now, the information shared on Get Over It uses intuitive and pragmatic insight to help you shift your consciousness to break through the blocks and release energy that is no longer needed. Yes, we're going to help you let go of the BS that is holding you back, but you guys know I always ask that question, are you truly ready to? And by the way, folks, BS is belief system. A bit about me for my new listeners, intuitive since birth. I'm a third generation intuitive with over three decades of experience supporting people to break through the blocks along their path. I'm a strategist for personal and professional transformation, revealing cutting edge information that enables you to prosper and thrive. I spent 25 successful years in corporate America as an executive sales professional, and I am the founder of Healing Visions Ministries and the Northern California Children's Education Network, a 501c3 nonprofit. I provide consultations and healings in all areas of life that heal the mind-body-spirit connection, allowing you to live your very best life. My clients tell me that I keep it real while providing them with accurate information to assist them along their journey as a spirit living a human existence. But they also say, if you really don't want to know, don't ask Monique. My background includes a doctorate in metaphysics, Reiki master teacher, ordained minister, and clinical hypnotherapist. So whether you are stressed, depressed, or possessed, I can help. To find out more about me and the services I offer, go to my website, nesmoniquechapman.com, and I invite you to uh, like me on Facebook and follow me on LinkedIn. And folks, September 23rd through the 25th, 2022, I'm going to be one of the participants at the Wisdom of Reiki conference in Rhinebeck, New York at the Omega Institute. If you're a Reiki practitioner and you're in the area, please join us. Um, We're going to have a lot of fun. Okay, we're going to have a lot of fun. So all you have to do is just buy a ticket and we'd love to meet you. Come up and say hi. Okay, so my guest today, uh, Megan Rose, PhD, has a doctorate in East-West Psychology from the California Institute of Integral Studies and a master's degree in religion in society from the Graduate Theological Union. She is an initiated ceremonial magician, Shakti tantric practitioner and senior seer in the House of Bry Ferry Seership Institute. She served as an ordained interfaith minister and psycho-spiritual counselor and is the executive director of the Entheosis Institute. You can check her out at her website, and she's got two. First one is spiritmarriage.com, S-P-I-R-I-T-M-A-R-R-I-A-G-E.com. And the second one is drmeganrose.com, D-R-M-E-G-A-N-R-O-S-E.com. Welcome, Megan. It's wonderful to be here, Monique. Thanks so much for inviting me. Oh, thanks 
so much for coming on. I mean, your book, it's almost, um, when I looked at it, it's like, hmm, spirit match, this doesn't, you know, make sense to me because um, people are calling me daily to get rid of spirits. And here you are um, talking about joining with one. So what is spirit marriage so that everybody's on the same page? Yeah, spirit marriage is when a human uh, steps into a bonded, sometimes intimate relationship with an otherworldly being. And I use the term spirit just because that's kind of the biggest, broadest catch-all. Um, mm-hmm. But really what we're talking about are deities, uh, angels, sometimes beloved dead, elementals, fairy beings. I mean, it really runs the gamut of um, different types of Typically not in a physical body, but Mm -hmm. there's exceptions for that. Um, Beings that um, have their source in something other than um, our mundane human consciousness. Because, you know, the beloved dead might have been humans at one point, but um, deities Uh maybe, maybe not. So it's a really broad. (laughs) Okay, before you go further, explain to me about the beloved dead. Mm-hmm. Were they? They're, uh, they can be ancestors, they can be sort of elevated dead, um, ascended masters, um, or sometimes your own uh, partner in life crosses over and you stay in a relationship with them. Hmm. Okay. Um, very, very interesting. So why this information to come out and why now? I mean, everybody's blossoming sexuality, whether it's LGBTQIXYZ and my son's gay, so y'all don't get on me. Um, everybody's exploring, you know, binary, not binary. You have your pronouns and all this. So why now? Is there a, a an energy that's pushing this out into the world now? Hmm. Yeah, I I think so. I think, you know, I'm first of all, I should say spirit marriage um, has been known as many different things. Um, The first evidence we see of it is in um, textual evidence is back in ancient Mesopotamia with the Sumerian sacred marriage. Um, Uh But it's been known as different things, God spousing, um, indwelling, merging, etc. And it's seen really transculturally. Uh, in in so many different cultures and so many different practices. I think it's coming out right now because it's time and it's needed. Um, And what I talk about in my book is how one of the side effects or one of the the boons, the benefits of spirit marriage is a kind of um, activation and um, evolutionary uh, edge or sort of uh-huh. the, for, for the human species. And we see these stories, right. Where these, um, otherworldly beings come. I'm thinking of like the account in Genesis where the sons of God, the angels saw the daughters of men and they took unto them wives is what the scripture roughly says. And uh-huh. they spawned the Nephilim. They spawned this sort of uh-huh. next generation of the human species that had capacity uh-huh. that the previous generations didn't necessarily have, or it sort of 
precipitated or blossomed these innate um, nascent qualities. And you see this again and again, like with the, the fairy marriage and some of the Celtic traditions, um, the marriage to the fae will often bestow different gifts like prophecy or the charismata. So, you know, I think, and I, certainly many of my co-researchers, the people I interviewed in the book, um, seemed to uphold this, that it's coming forward right now to be more part of our popular awareness because uh-huh. we need to co-create with um, the many, many different intelligences here on earth and, and sort of step out of our anthropocentric worldview and step into more of a beloved relationship with planet, with cosmos, with each other. And that hopefully will be the tipping point that, that will save us from extinction. We need something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we truly need something. Now, you grew up in a Pentecostal Christian atmosphere. Did that energy from, because they can be quite active and vocal and speaking tongues and all of that, did that open the door for you to accept spirit marriage? I think so. Uh, you know, growing up Pentecostal, I like to say I sort of came out of the womb and was filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, I talk about in, in my story in the book is about how, you know, I less than a year old was baptized in, you know, the Holy Spirit. And um, that really shifted and altered me and kind of like to say I was like this child running around with her pants on fire full of all of this ecstasis energy <laughs> and um and that really placed you know when you could look at it as like that placed this powerful spirit um you know what in the Pentecostal traditions they called the Holy Spirit but mm-hmm. what later I would understand to be like the Shakti, the divine feminine, the the goddess, really front and center in my body from a very early age. And so um, really understanding the inner mechanic of that from my childhood years helped me later on in my 30s when um, these other otherworldly beings <laughs> began <laughs> to sort of ring my doorbell. And I was like, what's going on here this feels Uh really interesting this feels a lot like the holy spirit but not so um that definitely helped in my inquiry okay um question you said um a little bit ago that um it's god spousing so is this something similar to what the catholic nuns do Yes. So that's what I think is so fascinating about this, because the the Catholic nuns, um, there's a whole order known as the Brides of Christ, and they um, put rings on and they take vows and and they marry Jesus. They marry the Mm -hmm. Christ being. And um, in fact, one of the folks that I was uh, talking to in one of these interviews was saying, um, yeah, I grew up Catholic. And I remember in Catholic school asking the nun, I saw she had a wedding ring on and I said, who are you married to? And she said, I'm married to Jesus. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's part of um, traditional, you know, mainstream quote unquote religion as well. It's just, I like to say, it's sort of hidden in plain sight, sort of the thing Mm -hmm. we don't want to talk about (laughs) because it's sort of, you know, it's edgy it's and it's a little weird, but you know, it's there. Mm-hmm. I want to go back in history for a moment and talk about Ida Craddock. She seemed mm-hmm. to be pretty well versed in this, what, back in the 1800s? Mm-hmm. Late, um, late 19th century, early 20th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Ida um, was a theosophist and um, 
a spiritualist, which was very, very popular at that time, spiritualism. And uh, she had a, she was a single woman who had a spirit marriage to an angel. She said he was an angel. And um, she was uh, one of the, one of the first proponents of women's sexuality and, you know, advocating things like women should be able to say no if they don't feel like having sex with their husband and women should actually enjoy having sex. Like this, these are (laughs) radical, radical ideas, right? That Uh she's talking about. And um, so she had this knowledge of sexuality and and people were kind of like scratching their heads. Well, you're single. How do you know this? And she said, well, I have this spirit spouse who comes to me and teaches me these things, this angel that I'm married to. And so she ended up doing some really lovely research in her treatise, um, Heavenly Bridegrooms, uh, which was one of the first things that I found when I started researching this was the Heavenly Bridegroom's tract that's, you know, widely available online. And, um, and so she had done some of the different research throughout, you know, the ages looking at it. And I sort of picked up her torch and um, took that and, you know, m- made a much larger cultural and, and um, psycho-spiritual survey. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, in your book, you talk about um, losing religion, um, your descent into the underworld. What do you mean by underworld? Because it seems like you're putting religion like in heaven and the underworld in hell. Well, I mean, I think that that uh, losing my religion, I think, may have been and my religion was the Pentecostal Christianity. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is very much about like all of Christianity is very upper world kind of, you know, um, orientation and the underworld is the bad place or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, in the process of losing that religious framework, um, I had uh, what I call an endarkenment experience, which was mm. going into the depth. Uh Right. Going into the rooted underworld area, which is, you know, not a place of fear or gnashing of teeth or whatever. It's like it's our rich, loamy soil, right, where the ancestors live and, and deeper than that, where the the. Um, fairy people live. Um, so you mentioned my training in, you know, fairy seership. And that's really what that was all about was, you know, Carl Jung says a tree can only grow as high as the roots grow deep. So that was mm-hmm. me sort of growing my roots really deep and and really deprogramming myself from all of that religious um, uh, dogma around, you know, fear of the underworld, fear of the dark. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting that um, so many of us these days are deprogramming ourselves from, you know, strict religion tenets and dogma that, you know, we probably should have never been following um, mm-hmm. in the very first place. Now, you call yourself an erotic mystic. What is that? Yeah. Well, you know, I think of erotic. (laughs) It It can be. Yeah. Um, You know, erotic mysticism or sacred sexuality is understanding that our vital force, you mentioned Kundalini, right? Our, Mm -hmm. the vitality of our body is, um, is just as valid and useful and um, potent of a doorway into our spiritual awakening as any other of the potential doorways. And in fact, you know, an embodied spirituality that embraces the fullness of our, um, 
our eros, our vital energy, um, mm-hmm. really is, I think, the the type of spirituality that that heals the nervous system and that reconnects us, like I said earlier, to our right place and our right relationship on this planet, which is not as, you know, apex predator and, um, you know, colonizer or uh, dominator, right? But Mm -hmm. as beloved, right? In co-creative relationship with, with the planet. Okay. So say someone's looking for, you know, um, a spirit marriage, how do you go about it? I mean, do you have to go through a certain initiation? Talk to us about that. Yeah. Well, you know, it really depends. I mean, there's so many different traditions that you could, um, could look into um, that, that practice spirit marriage. And I talk about, you know, um, in, in the book, I, ta- I interviewed nine different practitioners from seven different traditions that, that actively practice spirit marriage. Um, but I always tell folks that, you know, if you have a spirit that is ringing your doorbell and like, like happened with me and saying, I want to marry you, the, really the, there are three things that we want to, to establish. And that is um, to, to do this in a safe and kind of sane way. Um, so there's the discernment practice of really knowing like who is the spirit that I'm talking to and do I know, like, and trust them enough to want to pursue a relationship with them. And that can involve, you know, divinatory work. For me, it involved having really amazing mentors that, and spirit workers that I could go to to help me discern the spirits for uh-huh. myself. Um, and then the devotional practice of getting to know them um, and, you know, what could be maybe thought of as the falling in love practice where your that devotional energy is, you know, um, like like dating. You know, you don't just meet somebody, hopefully, and say, we're going to get married tomorrow. You know, you spend time getting to know them and uh-huh. really understanding if you if this is a spirit that that you want to devote because just because a spirit wants to marry you doesn't necessarily mean that you have to say yes. Um, it, and, and, you know, there can be issues with, with, um, a flat out no, but we do get to negotiate mm-hmm. because we bring things to the relationship that, and that, that they don't, and they bring things to the relationship that we don't. So discernment, devotion, and then discipline. And that's just like showing up, right. Spending mm-hmm. time, doing the, the practices, the rituals, the whatever that you uh, develop to, to build that, that spirit muscle. Mm. Okay. So how do we get past the trickster? Say, you know, we've meditated, we've consulted, we've done everything. And the spirit that we agreed to be with truly turns out to be a trickster, not uncommon from human relationships. Well, yeah, I mean, I, and I think that's a great point, Monique, you know, how, how well do we ever know any one person? Mm -hmm. And ideally with these, with these beings, we're not talking about um, entities that have the same sort of hangups that that a human would have, but there are, you know, there are a number of um, people in the, um, in the God spousing heathenry community that are married to Loki, who is 
you know, traditionally understood to be a trickster being. And Mm -hmm. so that, you know, it takes a certain kind of person to, to hang with that and, and to, and to work with a a trickster type deity, but Mm -hmm. um, it's not out of the realm of possibility. You just kind of want to know what you're getting into, which is why I, you know, really encourage caution, like don't rush into these things, (laughs) spend some time getting to know um, who you're working with and really have a community of people around you that can support you. And whether that's in one of the lineage based traditions, like a, a voodoo tradition or the heathenry practices, or, you know, the, um, the West African um, Dagara lineage mm-hmm. practices merges with um, spirit beings, whether you find a tradition that has a really amazing community that can support and uphold you, or whether you get, you know, you sort of assemble like I did your support system team of people that really help. You know, I had a transpersonal psychologist that I was working with and my fairy seer mentor, Orion Foxwood, and had my Shakta Tantric um, guru teacher that I was working with, you know, <laughs> a mm-hmm. whole constellation of people really helping me manage and understand what I was going through for the, you know, 10 some odd years and it took me 10 years to Mm -hmm. finally say yes to the spirit and and agree to the marriage okay now what if you find that you know you're married to the spirit and it's two three five 20 years down the road and you're like no this isn't for me i want a divorce is that possible i would say that um it sort of depends on the spirit and the the level of the merge that and the process that you've gone through, some of these entities um, they we kind of graft with them and become something new, and that's certainly true for some of the um, the fairy practices, at least within the fairy seership tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, but in other cases, you know, Caroline Kenner who I interviewed for my book is a witchcraft practitioner and she talks about divorcing a spirit. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. And in her case, you know, the spirit that she had married to, she hadn't known really well. And so, um, and it ended up being kind of a unwanted problematic dynamic. And so she went to a spirit that was sort of like a pay grade above the one uh-huh. that she was married to <laughs> and was like, I, this isn't working out. I want a divorce. And so the divorce was granted that way. Mm-hmm. So how do you know the divorce is granted? I mean, what if the spirit that you're with really has strong feelings for you and they don't want the divorce, just like sometimes humans don't want the divorce, but the other party does. Uh, yeah. Spirits can do things that other humans aren't legally allowed to do to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's when people come see you, Monique. That's when when you go and find a really amazing depossession shaman or spirit worker that's that's very well versed in unbinding. And, you know, we want to have really good protection practices and gritting Mm -hmm. and sealing practices and all of the different things that help us going into this you know, beef up our discernment, but there's always cases where um, maybe we're just, you know, for a while there, I like to say I was sort of lit up like a Christmas tree on the um, etheric astral planes and all these Mm -hmm. spirits were coming in. And that's really what led me into ceremonial magic was because I needed to learn really quickly how to 
you know, create grids around myself that kind of um, kept out what I didn't want out and allowed me mm-hmm. to open the door when I wanted to, to who I wanted to be working with. And so having someone that can help you learn that to begin with, and then um, turning to people like yourself and other, you know, there's some amazing practitioners out there that really help to, um, uh, that really can help you with a deep accessory kind of situation. Okay. I am not, I am not one of them. I am not a deep possession um, <laughs> shamanic practitioner. That's not okay. one of the things that I have been gifted with. I've uh-huh. been sort of given the charge of here's how to enter into a wanted relationship with a no like, and trust being that you want to be with. And if you get into the mm-hmm. position of, um, not wanting it, then I have uh, uh, resources to send you to folks that can help you there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what about the three-letter word, sex? How does that enter it? Because I get, you know, so many women, especially coming to me, and they said, oh, Monique, I just had the most fantastic orgasm in my dream last night. And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> you know, so talk to us about the sexual aspect, or is there? Yeah, no, there, there absolutely can be. I mean, and everybody's a little bit different. You know, some spirit marriages, that is a very big piece of the dynamic and some it's not. And again, it kind of depends on the spirit and it also depends on really what you're, you're needing and looking for in the relationship. Um, I remember when I talked to, um, the one of the voodoo practitioners Nanette she was like well you know if that's what you need the spirit will bring that to you but it's not just about um it's not just about the um the sexual aspect and and you know we really you know we could spend I could spend a lot of time unpacking what's going on energetically in sex to begin with Mm -hmm. but suffice it to say um when we have that kind of vitalizing or orgone or eros or even orgasm type energy um in the um encounter with a spirit it isn't necessarily about what we think of when we think of like sex between two humans. Um, and mm-hmm. Caroline talks about this, that they can use vitalizing energy or Eros energy to, um, to actually empower and heal and awaken us and sort of clean out our central channel again, in a relationship with a loving, um, vetted entity. I'm not talking about incubi and succubi here. Those are a whole mm-hmm. other topic. Yeah, that's a whole new different world, folks. Mm-hmm. Okay, you mentioned um, Orion Foxwood earlier, and he wrote the forward to your book. Tell us how Orion's work coupled with yours into getting this book out to the public, because it's a fantastic book. Yeah, well, you know, 20 some odd years ago, when I started experiencing this phenomena, I was like, oh my goodness, you know, this is not just an academic interest. This is something that I'm experiencing and, and where are the resources out there for me to understand what's going on? I mean, I'd found, um, I'd found, uh, writing and, Mm -hmm. um, I had found some of the voodoo practices, um, the Mm -hmm. the, the mariage loa, but I didn't feel called and I wasn't being called by any of the loa, the, the spirits of those practices. I was being called by this other sort of, um, nondescript, but maybe angelic, maybe fairy kind of energy and, uh, very wise, um, 
colleague of mine from the ceremonial magic tradition said, I think you should check out Orion Foxwood because he is, he talks about this in the context of uh, fairy seership and his fairy seership lineage comes out of Scotland and then through Appalachia. Um, mm-hmm. And so, so that's what I did. I, I went to um, a Panthea con where Orion was speaking and um I met him and it was, I talked about how my spirit kind of like leaped when I heard him speak. I was like, this is my teacher. And so I apprenticed to him and did his seven plus year fairy seership apprenticeship training. And he really became one of my core mentors and, um, and spiritual teachers during that time to really help me discern what, you know, what was going on with me. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when I wrote the book, I, I, and I had included his story, you know, he very graciously agreed to tell me his story about his marriage to his fairy wife, Bree. So Mm -hmm. that story is in the book. And then, you know, he also wrote the foreword. Okay. Oh, excuse me. Now your website, Dr. Megan Rose and spiritmarriage.com. What are we going to find there? Well, um, there is um, some, a lot of interviews and videos taught me talking about this. And I have a series that I call sit and sip with Dr. Megan Rose, mm-hmm. where I talk about different um, spirit marriage related topics from eco spirituality to um, sacred sexuality. And um, as well as interview people about spirit marriage. Um, and then I have a course, a self-study course called spirit marriage One Hundred and One, and you can, mm-hmm learn about and sign up for that there. Um, and I also have, um, individual consults that I do with folks. So you can go to the website and request one of those. And, um, uh, I have a group program for people who maybe don't feel called to one specific spirit marriage lineage, but want to meet other practitioners and learn, um, how to develop devotion, discernment, and discipline. And this is sort of an ongoing group program with just some mm-hmm. amazing people who are, most of them are in spirit marriages of one kind or another, um, some with beloved dead. So it doesn't really fit into a specific lineage. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, um, I'm trying to think what well, else is on there. I think that's, that's well, pretty good. That pretty much covers it. Yeah. <laughs> it does. So you are available to work with people um, mm-hmm. if they want to take this a step further. And folks, check out our um, course online. And again, she said it's self-paced and, you know, you can delve in as quickly or as slowly as you want. Um, Megan, I really appreciate you being with us here today. What Pearl of Wisdom would you like to leave with our audience? I think that, you know, now is really the time for us to set down our preconceived ideas about what's real and what's not real and our need to like prove things down to bits and bytes and really open to the the mystery of the cosmos and the fact that it might actually be um, that we are embedded within it and we are its beloved and that stepping back into that deep, loving, co-creative relationship with planet, with cosmos, with each other, I think really is the salve that we need right now um, as a species to perhaps open us to our, um, whatever we're going to be, you know, Barbara Marks Hubbard called it the homo spiritus, um, Mm -hmm. the the awakened human. Mm -hmm. 
Well, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us and sharing about your uh, marriage. It was definitely something new for me. And to the audience, I thank you and I appreciate your time and attention. Always an honor for you to listen in to what we're saying here on Get Over It. And for everyone, please remember that the most important choice that you can make is what you choose to make important. Consider making the masterful choice of exploring spirit marriage. Abundant blessings, light, love to all. Agape.